0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday. We got a couple of things to cover. First and foremost, we've got an update on Didi Luzada Silva. Is he going to be on the team next year? Is he going to be elsewhere? Or maybe a mix of both. We'll cover that in the first segment. Then we will talk about his head coach, Will Weaver, because Andrew Lopez of ESPN, friend of the show, gave us an update on Twitter about the Pelicans coaching search. And is Will Weaver maybe a potential candidate for that DD's coach down in Australia? And then finally... The shine is off of Zion, and we've got some data to back it up. I'm going to let you know what that is and what it means for the team in the third segment. So let's dive into it in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Pelicans second round pick last year, Didi Luzada, played in Australia this past season. The Pelicans uh, drafted him. Thought very highly of him, enough to send him to get some more seasoning. He's from Brazil, by the way. Doesn't speak much English, but is learning it in Australia. Sent him there because it's considered a very strong developmental league. You saw LaMelo Ball play there. You saw R.J. Hampton play there. Both of those guys are going to be in the first round. Ball's going to be a top three pick. Hampton's going to be in the first round with potential for a lottery pick to play there this past season. So it's one of the better leagues you can play in if you don't really trust the G League process. And also, frankly, if the Pelicans didn't want to use a roster spot for a lot of it so it's a great way to get a pretty raw prospect some playing time they worked with him there also to learn a little bit more english and you've heard david griffin speak very very highly about him even back in march he flew down there to watch a playoff game and said dd's development on a very veteran team that had the best record in their league the vast majority of the season as a starter a defensive stopper is exactly what we would have wanted Fortunately, when I was there most recently, I got to see him be the best player on the court in the fourth quarter run on both sides of the floor. The future is very bright for us with a potential 3 and D defensive stopper who can guard multiple positions. If you watched him in summer league last year, he moves like an NBA player. The shooting is not there yet. And his numbers in general were a little bit disappointing in Australia. 10.3 points, 3.6 rebounds in the regular season. He only from three shot 33%, jumped it up by 0.3 in the playoffs. Not a great shooting display from him, but defensively, this is a guy who they think could be one of the better perimeter defenders on the team immediately whenever it is that he sets here. He won't be here likely to start the season though because it's being reported that he is heading back to Australia to take up a second year with the Sydney Kings. The good news is, though, so the G League is we don't know what's going to happen with that next season. We're assuming the NBA season is going to start in January at some point, but the Australian league is going to start in December and run through April. So even if it ends, there's potentially you get him back for the second half of next season, potentially, but he also has an NBA opt out clause. It sounds like so if he plays well, And the Pelicans like what they see, and they need some assistance. They can recall him, bring him back to the United States, sign him either to a two-way deal, sign him to an open roster spot on the team, or potentially to a G League contract too. So there are a number of options for him and the Pelicans, and I think this is just really to get him in some games as soon as possible, sooner than what he would get in the NBA and get some more minutes. And if this works out, that's great. He's also coached by Will Weaver in Sydney, who has experience working with Trajan Langdon and the G League too. And we'll talk about Will Weaver in the second segment here coming up. Let's just jump into that now because Andrew Lopez gave us an update on the Pelicans head coaching search. I'll tell you what that is. Does that mean they're going to look at a guy like Will Weaver or someone else? Where are they in this process? I'll give you the latest news here in a second. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles, incoming emails, you got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door, and ordering is really easy. You just open the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food is going to be left safely outside with the contactless delivery setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. I'm one of those people that has trouble trying to like figure out what I want to eat. There are so many options here that you think it would paralyze you, but it doesn't because there's always just something good and you can't go wrong by picking one. 300,000 partners right there. Many of your favorite local restaurants are on there too. They're still open for delivery. Kick them some business by using DoorDash. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep the communities they operate in safe. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order, $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. Just go to the app store, download the DoorDash app, put in code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA mba for five dollars off your first order with doordash don't forget subscribe to locked on pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here monday through friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the team the biggest story is doing it quickly for you whether it's your morning commute to work in an office through a car or just coming down the stairs to your home office during all of this we're here whenever you need it and so subscribe to locked on pelicans wherever you get your podcasts do so we have an update on the coaching search for the Pelicans. Andrew Lopez of ESPN.com, formerly of the nola.com and friend of the show. He's been on here plenty of times. Tweeted out yesterday saying, just to update, Pelicans have indeed started their coaching search process. The plan, according to sources, is to ultimately bring in possibly two or three candidates for formal face-to-face interviews. No timetable yet on when the face-to-face interviews will start, however. This always goes back to their part of the plan of taking this slowly. Season's not going to likely start till January. Training camp's not going to start till December. I think at that point, you don't need to have a guy in here today. This is going to be a collaborative coaching approach because that is what David Griffin is going to want. It's what he said he's going to want. But ultimately, the collaborative part of it is more him telling people what he wants them to try. So I don't think you need to have a head coach in here during the pre-draft process during free agency because David Griffin's going to give you the players. He thinks that you can coach and give you the best players available based on what they think they're missing. And then it's that coach's job to go and coach those guys. And to try different things and do what they think will be best to succeed. I don't know if it's collaborative in the sense of the coach is going to be in on the front office decisions or have a say in a lot of that. I'm sure they'll run some of that by him. But same point, David Griffin tends to like to be in control. He likes to discuss different ideas with people, but it's kind of his say at the end of the day. And so therefore, I don't think it's a big deal if they have a coach right now. They're just kind of doing their thing to improve the roster. We all know what the flaws are. We all know what they need. You don't need a head coach in place to tell you that. So the fact that it's gone slow doesn't surprise me. The fact that there's still COVID restrictions in place. Some people had been in the bubble for a couple of months before leaving. Maybe they didn't want to run and go take an interview right away and instead wanted to spend some time with their family. And the in-person part of this is going to be very important to David Griffin. He stressed that one. And having been around him, having talked to him, having heard him talk at all of his things, he wants a strong relationship between him and the next head coach. And that's going to be the most important thing. You don't necessarily get a feel for that through Zoom, through a phone call, through back channels and texts engaging interest and in all of that stuff. It's done in person, probably having a meal together. And that's what David Griffin wants. And if they're not able to just coordinate that right now, he's going to wait till he can do that to make this right higher because this is probably as big of a decision as you can make around this franchise. That also said... If there was someone they really, really liked and that person was interested in the job, they probably would have tried to have gotten this done. So this probably tells you a little bit about that they're still maybe unsure of some of the candidates out there. There's, or, Or, or they're waiting on them and they haven't still been able to kind of set up that time for everything. But if there was someone, say, you wanted, and that person had an interest in your head coaching job too, you could have probably sat down and spoke with them in person at some point during all of this. People are still traveling. So it kind of gives you an idea of where they are in the process. One name that got mentioned right off the bat that I think is a little bit interesting with the Didi, uh Luzada news from the other day, from today too, is Will Weaver, the head coach of the Sydney Kings, Didi's head coach in the, Austra- uh, the Australian Basketball League. This is a guy whose name got rumored there early on, and at first maybe seemed surprising. Maybe you'd never heard that name before, and I would not blame you if you did not. But it's a guy who probably is going to have some consideration, particularly if you're looking for ties between the organization, the Pelicans, and a head coach. Because there are some. Before he took over the Sydney Kings, Will Weaver worked with Trajan Langdon, the Pelicans general manager in the Brooklyn Nets organization, the G League affiliate, the Long Island Nets. In 2018-2019, Will Weaver was the head coach and took that team to a 34-16 record before losing in the finals. He was the coach of the year that year. He has shown in the G League and throughout his time here that he is known as a player development guy. So, there are a number of other coaches on the market there, too. But this is a guy who's thought of pretty highly enough in NBA circles, has some head coaching experience in the G League, in the um, Australian Basketball League with the Sydney Kings, taking them to the finals too before that all got ended due to COVID and the pandemic going on. And it's a name that with those ties that maybe they do feel comfortable with. Uh, Trajan Langdon was the G league executive of the year for running the Brooklyn Nets during that too. So he's got experience with the guy. Maybe they had a collaborative process like that together. If if they had that and the Pelicans kind of feel that he's a good fit here along with that player development, there does seem to make some sense in that. Now, I don't know how that would work if they get their season started and he, and the Pelicans haven't made a hire just yet. Would he be able to back out? Who knows? But that's something to kind of keep in mind here too. Before going over to the Brooklyn Nets and that organization, he was hired by Sam Hinkie in Philadelphia even before they hired Brett Brown as the head coach. That's how highly Hinky thought of him when he was uh, working in the Houston Rockets organization and Will Weaver was at Sam Houston State. If you're working with Sam Hankey, you're probably kind of considered on the cutting edge of things. He's not really going to bring in people without that approach, and that's a phrase that's been used to describe Will Weaver multiple times. Forward thinking, player development, hopefully collaborative because you're not going to get the job otherwise. It's a name to consider. The record with the Long Island Nets there looks really, really good. The familiarity with the organization, Andres and Trajan Langdon, sounds really, really good. I'm not saying he's a frontrunner or anything like that, but it's a name that... Got brought up in the beginning we haven't heard much from since, but given how slow this process is going, and if the Pelicans aren't necessarily enamored with anyone out there, it's a name to keep an eye on. So I talked about that Hoops Hype article the other day that listed the top guys under 25, 24 that you'd start a franchise with, and Zion clocked in at 7, tied for 7. Not too great, and I said it feels like the shine's come off. Well, now I've got some data on that. We have some actual like numbers, and I'll explain what it is and why, And what this means for the Pelicans going into next season, coming up here in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. You go to a chain store, you're going to have to get whatever part it is they have for your car. I actually just ordered a window motor that moves the glass up and down for a car because I want to replace that because it's kind of going slowly. There are actually multiple options you can buy. If you go into a chain store, you're just going to have to get the one. They're going to order it from their computer. It's going to take a couple of days to get to you and you're going to pay the price that they're just going to charge you for it because there's no other options. Not really kind of the best way to do it. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market's gonna bear. And RockAuto.com is for everybody. and does not require a, a membership or an account sign-in. They're a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You pick your uh, make of car, you pick the year, then you pick the model, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle choose the brands specifications and prices yes prices that you prefer because best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers do not spend up to twice as much money for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Okay, wrapping up today's show here, talking about Zion Williamson in the shine kind of coming off. I had mentioned that Hoops Hype article that listed him shockingly low, but when he came back to the bubble after that one picture where he looked like a superhero, comes in, looks a little slow, looks a little winded, doesn't get a full minutes allotment, and just the team flames out pretty spectacularly in a negative way. Yeah, it didn't make people feel all that great about Zion. And after all the hype coming in, all the hype building up, his return was great. And then just kind of, it fell off a cliff with the Pelican's bubble performance. And now he's kind of flying under the radar. And I said, it just feels like the shine has come off of him a little bit. And in part, that's due to some of the amazing performances from young guys we've seen in the bubble, certainly. But now we have a little bit more data on how far that shine has come off and how far he's, I guess, fallen in like the social consciousness and the zeitgeist of the NBA here. The NBA released the 15 most popular NBA jerseys from the bubble, and Zion is not on that list, not on the 15 most. LeBron is number one. That shouldn't surprise you. What is a little bit surprising, though, is Luka Doncic, number two. And really, when people said, if you're picking one guy under a certain age to start a team from scratch with, the question originally was, so who's, is it Luka or Zion? Like, and I didn't have a problem with Luka Don, if, with you taking Luka Doncic, and we've seen it. But Zion's not horribly far away from him. But in terms of people's thoughts about this, Zion Williamson jerseys are not flying off of the shelf. Not in the top 15 guys. The rest of the list, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum, Giannis Curry, Durant, Lillard, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, Nikola Jokic, that's the top 14. It's the 15th that is kind of surprising, and that is Ja Morant, who won Rookie of the Year, deservedly so, should have been unanimous. But the fact that he is on a Memphis team that's just slightly better than the Pelicans at least this season and over the rest of the regular season would not have been, he is selling more jerseys than Zion Williamson was, and that's probably because his team got a little bit further in the playoffs getting into the play-in game than the Pelicans and Zion Williamson did. That's a little bit surprising to see. He, there was not nearly the same amount of hype coming into this season and the bubble as Ja Morant, but if you have some team success getting into that playoff game, even though they like limped in there as much as possible, I guess does it. And so I wonder if this means going into next season, people are maybe writing off the Pelicans to some degree. Maybe they won't have the hype going in that they need to live up to like they did with the NBA's bubble. And if that's the case, that probably helps them taking a little bit of the pressure off of them, less of a media circus around them, which there is around Zion Williamson. And also maybe it just gives you a little bit of bulletin board material to motivate yourself a little bit further. As Michael Jordan would say, maybe they take it personally. I think this is a good thing. I I want, Zion's making enough money. Doesn't need the Jersey sales for that or anything like that. Guy's making probably close to like 35 million this season. Uh, With endorsements and everything like that. But it is kind of surprising to see that just people seem to have forgotten about him, written, written him off after a pretty terrible bubble performance for the team. At times he was good, at times he wasn't. Just kind of shocking. And I'm going to be curious to see if he comes out really motivated next season, whenever that is, to kind of prove that the hype was real. And what do the Pelicans do to make sure he's as successful as possible because... They, they need to make sure, this is the guy who's the franchise player, going to be the face of the team for a while, hopefully. They need to make sure he's in position to succeed and make sure that he's not in uh, left off the top 15 most popular jerseys after a couple of games. They want him high up on this list and building up this fan base, not just in the city, but around the country too. And it shows they've got some work to do here. This was genuinely surprising to see. So there you go, Zion, not in the top 15 Jersey sales post-bubble, and hopefully that motivates him a little bit. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.